What's up, guys? Dr. Robert Fredrickson here. Thank you so much for joining the Fredrickson Health Show. If you've been listening for a little bit, you can tell this has been a while since our last episode has dropped. And one of the reasons for that is that we just launched our new chiropractic clinic here in Georgetown, Texas. It's always been one of my life dreams to own my business, and I'm excited to do that with my wife. So my wife will be the practicing physician there. So if you're in the Georgetown or Austin area, if you have any chronic pain or just want to come check out the new clinic, we'd love to have you come by and say hi. You can check out the website at fredersonhealthsolutions.com. You can also find us on social at the Sam Fredersen Health Solutions name. So today's guest is very special. And I say that pretty much every episode, but this one's really special. This is my mentor. I spent eight months learning under Dr. Joe Ford up in Dallas during my internship at Parker Chiropractic. Dr. Joe Ford is the chiropractor to the pros. And so it's always a dream of a chiropractor to be able to, you know, treat a professional athlete or a, you know, a D1 college athlete. But Dr. Joe Ford does this routinely. Um, I'm just going to read his list. He's been, you know, a team chiropractor for multiple different teams, including some big names like Baylor University, his alma mater, the New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons, Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns, my team, the Dallas Cowboys, Denver Broncos, multiple Olympians, as well as numerous individual world-class and professional athletes. And during my internship with him, I actually get to, got to saw a lot of these athletes as well come through. And the performance and injury demands with athletes, especially at that scale, is a lot different than your average weekend warrior because, you know, if they're not in the field or not playing, they're losing money. So in this episode, we get to really get a unique perspective from Dr. Ford and his experience with athletes. He's been a chiropractor for over 26 years, so I really think you will enjoy this. If you guys have any questions, let us know in the comments. And if you found this beneficial, please share with a friend. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Joe Ford. All right, guys, we are back for another episode. Today, we have a very special guest. We have my mentor from chiropractic school, Dr. Joe Ford, chiropractor, certified sports chiropractic physician. He's actually the owner of Vitality Sports Medicine in Plano, Texas. He is also a treating chiropractor for multiple professional teams. And I'm going to go through the list here a little bit. The Dallas Cowboys, my team, Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots, uh, you know, he's been a treating physician for the Dallas Stars, various different uh, Baylor, you know, Baylor, where he, where he went to school as well. And he's got such a long list of professional <laughs> accolades. I'm going to let him uh, kind of go through that as well. So, Dr. Ford, thank you so much for coming on. Could you just please let everyone know who you are, where you're located, and kind of this, kind of this, some of the sports teams that you're affiliated with or some of the you know, teams that you've been treating players with for the past 10, 15 years? Right, right. Um, well, I'm in Plano, Texas, uh, as you know, um, inside the Star Center in Plano. Uh, it's branded now as the Children's Health Star Center. Uh, used to be the Dr. Pepper Star Center, but the stars went with a new um, sponsorship deal. So it's Children's Health Star Center. And our office is right inside there, uh, overlooking one of the sheets of the ice. Um, I laugh. I just got such an awesome view every day you know, watching kids out there, you know, play hockey and the figure skaters out there that we treat training and trying to get ready for nationals and Olympics and stuff. It's just, it's a blessing every day. I absolutely love it. This 
it's always comical. I, I, know, I know I told you, I tell all my interns that, you know, I'm really the Forrest Gump of chiropractic. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been so blessed, um, you know, just being in the right place at the right time, meeting the right people. And, you know, like I tell you, you know, told you as an intern, I tell all the interns, it's like, you know, once you get that opportunity, you just want to make the most of it and, and do your best. And, you know, I think if you're upfront and you're honest, um, with the athletes and the teams as, as you know, as well as just the regular patients, they're going to appreciate that. And one of the, the first things I, I had to learn was how to say, I don't know. Um, and I think patients and, and athletes really began to respect that because they knew I was going to go find out if I didn't know. And, you know, the funny thing about that is you start learning and start learning and come to find out there's a little bit less that, that you don't know. Right. But then just when you think you do, uh, here comes something else that throws you a curveball and, and you learn something new every day. So 26 years in practice and I'm telling you every day is just a blessing and uh, a challenge. Um, I tell the interns now, I'm like, you know, I probably have an idea within the first mm, 45 seconds of what's going on. Um, but now I have to go in there and prove my assumption. Right. right. So, you know, they're sitting there worried about a 17 page exam and, and I'm pretty much already have an idea of what's going on. But like I said, now I got to go prove it. So anyway, working with the teams and, and trying to be thorough and, and do as good a job as I can. And, and, you know, I, I, I work on all parts of the body, you know, um, all the extremities and stuff and just always trying to get better learning from, you know, I learned from you when you were an intern, you were exceptional. Um, I, I learned from all my interns and, and, you know, continuing ed and, everything you just you got to keep you know honing your skill right that's right man and you have probably one of the coolest offices that i've ever been to and i was so fortunate you know during my internship to be at your office we were actually your first class so we we're the guinea pigs <laughs> me right so we you know we we probably you know this was stuff we weren't supposed to do you know we probably played hockey a few times in the locker room shouldn't be saying this but um, okay but uh, it was just it was just a, such a cool you know immersive experience because we could actually watch you know the hockey teams the figure skaters you know practice and th those are athletes that you were treating and we could go watch their movement pattern right there in the ice and you could say okay I can tell that their glute medius is weak the way they're landing and the way their knee is going down because you know it's such a cool experience and I don't think a lot of people realize hey like you are actually on site like full time like I know you travel the teams too but you were actually on site in your practice which is so right so um i know you've had you've been doing this for a long time and i just this field as you said like there's so so many times we say i don't know because the field is rapidly changing and current paradigms are, are shifting you know i know <clears throat> when i first started sports in high school it was like hey you got a static stretch you know 15 20 minutes and we know now that static stretching actually can limit some athletic performance can actually you know you know, overfire Golgi tendon organs. Very true. That's that's something that definitely is you know within the last decade and and learning more and more about that and um, especially our um, a lot of our fast twitch fiber athletes um, always trying to find that that balance of of how much you know warm up and stretching to do and and how much to just uh, you know get the blood flowing. Yeah. So on that, on that topic, what are some things that come right up on the top of your head that have 
kind of been things that you thought to be true maybe 10 years ago, but they are not true. Maybe you've learned something that's better in the form of sports recovery. Does anything come to mind? Well, probably the, the dynamic cool down. Um, you know, we were, you know, years ago it was about, uh, let's just, you know, when you get done, you, you heard the, well, you can do a cool down stretch. But then we kind of learned, well, if we can kind of do a little light resistance cool down, uh, maybe some band work, um, some assisted stretching, um, you know, things like that, that, that I think help flush the musculature a little bit better because you get a little deeper contracture. Um, obviously, the, the old debate about ice versus heat, right? Um, you know, that's that always kind of roller coasters. There's phases in, in research that show, you know, oh, you need ice to cool down. And there's others telling you not to ice. And then there's the contrast therapy. Uh, but I would say in the last decade, the contrast therapy of the ice heat ice uh, has become much more popular. And in my experience, just been much more effective uh, for cooling down and, and helping prevent uh, post-activity inflammation. Nice. Let's talk about that. Cause there is I don't know if everyone knows this, but in our world, everyone talks about, oh, don't ice after an injury. We need healthy inflammation. I still, I'm still on the camp that we need to ice. I believe we need to do more movement than rest. What are your thoughts and how do you use both that's of those? That's exactly right. And so that's, you know, it, it's, I always laugh because it's, it's easy to say not to ice when you're the one not hurting, right? Right, so, exactly. You know, those, those poor guys and girls that are, that are sitting there watching their uh, ankle and knee swell up like a watermelon. Uh, it's a little harder sell, but now again, learning, you know, a, a little ice will go a long way. Um, but like you said, that, that movement, that joint mobility, uh, once you've, um, ruled out instability of the joint and, and severe soft tissue damage, uh, boy, it, it needs that motion. And, and so a little bit of ice, just take the edge off and then let's roll buddy. Let's get that thing moving. Right. And I forget, I forget the doctor's name who created the rice principle, the rest, ice, you know, compression, elevation. But now I think the new term should be mice, you know, movement, ice, compression, elevation, you're getting some early motion in there. Of course, you don't have any fractures or, you know, tears, but obviously getting some motion in there, letting that injury heal in the proper way, start, you know, promoting those normal movement patterns. But yeah, controversy in all of these things, which makes it kind of hard because then you have a patient come in and they say, oh, I'm not supposed to ice my injury. Uh, you're like, well, let's talk about that. You know, it's, if you're worried about the ice creating, not creating enough inflammation, it's, it's not stopping inflammation. It's not a, it's not a drug. It's just controlling excessive inflammation in my right. experience. So. Amen. And, and you also, I think you have to weigh in who it is you're talking to. You know, we use the term athletes and, and you know, my practice, you, you know, a ton of my patients and you know, not all of them are professional athletes, right? A lot of them are very active, very athletic, you know, competing at a very high level in their chosen activity. But guess what? They got an eight to five job too, um, or, or some form of a job that, that they may have to go sit at a desk. Um, they may have to go hop on a. You're feeling me, Doc. Consideration. And, and, you know, if you got an athlete that has to fly a lot, well, I mean, you're just asking for prolonged inflammatory response, uh, flying just is inflammation. And so, you know, I got no trouble telling some of those people uh, maybe to ice a little bit more uh, to try to control that. Again, if you're a professional athlete, well, okay, you, you've got the ability to, to just totally shut it down and, and 
get home and, and rest and go up to the training room and, you know, wear the, the compression boots and, you know, all that other stuff. But, you know, the, the regular Joe, we got to take into consideration what their life is. Right. Yeah. Sitting is a new smoking. So, so many people are sedentary and they, Hey, I've been over to pick up this pencil, you know, wouldn't really do anything and threw it my back. You're like, well, Amen. I tell people all the time, it, it's, it's just as bad to go from 60 to zero as it is from zero to 60. I mean, you know, in new year's, right. We see all these new injuries with people and their new year's resolutions and they go from doing nothing to, you know, I'm going to go CrossFit five days a week. And, um, you know, maybe it's just, I'm just going to ride the bike five days a week, but they hadn't been doing anything for two years, five years, whatever. Right. So that's zero to 60, but it's also tough on these people that are super, super active. And then, you know, like an example of the COVID quarantine, mm. so all this shut down and everything. And now then those people just came to a screeching halt of, of activity and the body has a hard time adapting to that too. Exactly. So that's, that brings up a topic that I want to talk about with you. And uh, I was, you know, searching earlier this morning, I didn't find a specific injury increase, but if anyone watches sports, you know, there's just, it just seems like there's a lot more injuries this year than there have been in years past. And I have an interesting study I want to reference before we talk about this. So after the 2011 NFL lockout, where, you know, players obviously weren't playing for a substantial amount of time, there was 12 Achilles that were ruptured in the first 29 days versus 16 in the previous full two years combined. And we know that was because players, athletes were deconditioned going out there, putting a lot of force on these tendons and ligaments that weren't ready to have that amount of force put on them. But now, I mean, you saw the 49ers pretty much lost half of their offensive, you know, uh, in the first, you know, two weeks. And so your thoughts on uh, the injury rates for 2020 and with all the COVID stuff going on, Doc? And that is, it, it's, it's very fascinating. And, and I really look forward to seeing, you know, some of the, the stats come out you know, by the end of this year and, and as they crunch those numbers and stuff. But, you know, as you know, you know I, I'm, I mainly worry about my fast twitch athletes. So, and if we're speaking of NFL, then, you know, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the DBs, you know, those, those athletes with a, a high concentration of fast twitch fibers, because they're going to be wound tighter. They're the ones that typically tear their Achilles and, and those types of things. It's, you know, very rarely the, uh, the big offensive lineman with, you know, a lot of slow twitch endurance fibers, right? But as we see, as these athletes get bigger, faster, stronger, you know, what we used to call fast twitch fiber athletes, you know, the small guys, like you see with the 49ers, that, that D line is just so athletic and so freakish that, you know, we're seeing some of those fast twitch injuries on bodies that big. Um, right. which again is not terribly different than what we've seen in the last 20, 30 years with, with the athletes and the ACL uh, injuries, because, you know, you can work out and, and be in the best shape uh, of your life. There's no way to, to make that ACL bigger. You know, you, you right. make your bigger and your calves and all that stuff. But uh, that ACL, that, that, that's a, a lot of pressure, especially, you know, speaking of the 49ers, you get you know, Solomon Thomas or somebody, you know, 340, you know, cuts on a dime, boy, that, that's just asking a lot out of that, that tendon. So, you know, th these are very interesting. And, and the, the interesting thing that I saw with so many of the Cowboys and a couple of Raiders that were here training that we were working with, um, they had a little bit more access to equipment nowadays than really you would have thought 10, 20 years ago. 
you know, not unusual for these guys with their money to have some pretty nice gyms in their house. But for again, sure. they, they don't have the high tech, um, you know, motion equipment, uh, you know, the hammer strength and, you know, that, that type of stuff. Typically uh, they'll have a ton of free weights. Right. But, you know, I would really emphasize to them. I really want you doing as much kinetic chain compounded motion, um, uh, you know, movement replications sport replication movement and that you can. Um, and, and a lot of them were able to do that um, in their, their houses or backyards or, or whatever. So, you know, it was interesting. And, and we, we tried to get the word out to them and, and they know it. But at the same time, Rob, you also know there's at no matter what level we're talking about, in this case, the NFL, there's still some guys that are, um, what shall we say, lazy. Um, you know, and so they just weren't going to be ready. And they're, they're the same guys that show up at training camp out of shape, uh, you know, getting fined for being overweight. And so, you know, those guys, that's a hard lesson for them to learn. Right. I mean, it's the same concept for us. I mean, if, if we're to work out at our home and do a workout versus us going to a gym or across the gym or whatever the case is with other people competing, right. We're on our own. We're not going to work out probably, we're going to work out hard, but probably not as hard as if we have someone right there with us. And same with you know, professional athletes, they are the ultimate competitors. And so they need, time on the field and the lack of preseason this year especially is leading me to believe hey like a lot of this is you know couldn't be avoided with COVID obviously but a lot of this could you know in our world if you're you know if you're getting hurt if you're an athlete getting hurt you're losing money and so these athletes get back on the field as quick as possible so that leads me to my next question is what are you know I know we got the Normatech boots I know we got cryo what are some of the other advancements that you've seen in the sports medicine world that are really kind of changing the game or really evolving the way we look at injuries and the way that we you know accelerate these injuries is there, is there, is there anything cool on the right about you know the last three years i've been with usa bobsled um with their world cup tour overseas and stuff and what's really interesting from that standpoint when you when you work in an international environment um you get to see what other countries and, and other Olympic committees are, are doing for their athletes and stuff. And uh, I'm always fascinated by that. Uh, obviously Germany's really big in bobsled and, and they spend a ton of money on their athletes and stuff. But I tell you, it's, it's interesting in that I don't, I can't sit here and tell you, I know of anything high tech, super cool, you know, star Wars type, you know, machinery or gadgets, but it's it's just interesting to see the renewed importance of sports nutrition um nice. you know, diet for sure right i mean and that's a given and it, all these elite athletes whatever sport we're talking about know the importance of a good diet but really starting to pour themselves back into the research on sports nutrition that extra boost that therapeutic that nutraceutical you know, whatever word you want to throw out there. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I'm always fascinated about in Germany. Um, those athletes are, are, are so fascinating. You know, obviously Europe is, is much more um, cutting edge when it comes to its nutrition research and, and data and stuff. And so I always uh, try to talk to their trainers and physios and stuff about what they're doing and, you know, the, the various types of proteins and even breaking down the the, the types of proteins and what time of day they take that type of protein, the, the, the full complex way or the collagen based, or, you know, they're really getting pretty high tech with that. And it's pretty fascinating. Right. It, it's a whole thing, right? It's nutrition, right. it's sleep, it's recovery, it's 
stretching, taking, taking care of your body. And you brought up nutrition, uh, which I'm excited to talk to you about because you've been, you know, doing this for a long time. Since I was there, you had, you know, a product there for concussions, you know, m managing brain inflammation, uh, helping antioxidants for the brain, you know, for your post-concussive type patients. And you had a whole protocol that we were just learning, you know, at your clinic back then. You know, I think that's kind of evolved from what we've you know, talked about earlier. And so can you kind of talk about some of the research that you've done um, with your new sports nutrition product? And you can mention some of the ingredients, some of the research that you've come across. Well, interesting, Rob. I appreciate you bringing that up. It's a real passion of mine um, that started uh, back in 08 uh, when I was with the Patriots and, and watching so many of those athletes um, that had concussions and how they were dealt with. It was the old fashioned, hey, just go home and when you feel better, come back. Um, there was no, uh, you know, training or re recovery or they wouldn't even tell, they, they may mention, hey, take some fish oil, right? But that was really what got my wheels turning about, you know, there needs to be better uh, intervention uh, nutritionally with the, the concussion and, and mild traumatic brain injury, but then, mm -hmm it evolved into just generalized brain health. Um, you know, I, I caught myself being so focused on uh, the concussion aspect that, you know, I really had forgotten that, you know, it still backs up to, to total brain health. So uh, that was the formulation of what's now called Saragold. Um, I have a patent on it. Um, I'm very proud of it, uh, all the work that went into it, and, and certainly not just me, um, some of the neurophysiology, uh, biology physios that uh, help work on the, the nutritional shielding, the absorption rates, the saturation points, things like that. So it's a well thought out um, supplement. But the point being is that I really wanted to attack the, the in Hold on guys, we got a minor pause. permeability we're trying to stabilize the permeability so where the the blood-brain barrier may be a little too permeable we want to shore that up and 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 solidify that where it's a little less maybe hypo permeable we want to free that up we need that good endothelial lining uh, health in there so that we know we're getting optimum optimum uh, absorption as well as detoxification in and out of the brain so attacking the blood-brain barrier stability was first and foremost for me Obviously, the foundational supplement with that uh, or, or ingredient with that is the ginkgo biloba, uh, which has you know, been around forever and people have known about it forever. Uh, I did run into some resistance from some PhDs in human nutrition uh, initially. Ginkgo? Yeah. And, and one specifically told me that uh, once he saw I had ginkgo in my supplement that he, the study that I'd given him, he just tossed in the trash. He said, because you also remember that, or, or he told me, uh, you obviously remember the study that showed ginkgo was had no effect on blood-brain barrier, which again was one of my initial uh, experiences with learning that just because you have a lot of initials after your name does not mean you know everything. And uh, I told him, well, then you obviously didn't see the Zurich study four years later that showed it has a profound effect on blood-brain barrier permeability as long as the ginkgoid concentration is at least 22%. He did not know about that. And so, again, it was just one of those things you just like, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's the cure-all, be-all, whatever, but it's a very important ingredient. So, foundationally, that was a big part of the, the blood-brain barrier. And then, obviously, a lot of cofactors, um, 
magnesium glutamate, blah, blah, blah. I won't bore everybody with the, the intricacies of it. But that, that first stage of stabilizing the blood brain, blood brain barrier is crucial so that you can get to the next two phases, which the second one is making sure we get a very high quality, high concentration dose of available magnesium to the mitochondria. Um, to keep these batteries churning inside our neurons here and, and try to salvage and save as many uh, neurons that may be on life support as we can. So, you know, I always joke around, there's no number that we know of. For example, a concussion says, you got a concussion, it makes you lose 3 million neurons. We don't know that, right? But I would always joke around, you know, what if we, if, if we get enough magnesium to the, the damaged tissue, maybe we only lose a million, right? So, you know, looking at it from the standpoint of if, if we give the body what it needs um, and, and can get it there safely and, and efficiently, uh, it's amazing what, what it'll pull off and right. what it can do. So, so, so many people are deficient in magnesium as well. I mean, there's already studies that show athletes because you lose magnesium during oh. stress, one of the most critical, you know, micronutrients that you lose. You also lose it in sweat. Right. Well, it's, it's one of those things too where – if there's inflammation in the brain, it makes it harder for the magnesium to cross the blood-brain barrier. That's why we use a, a patented form of magnesium um, that uh, Axion uh, Nutraceuticals in Phoenix owns the patent on, so we license that from them so we could use it because uh, it's the only form of, of uh, chelated magnesium that's proven to cross over an injured blood-brain barrier. Right. Um, so, you know, very, very happy to, you know, uh, have an, a, a company work with us like that uh, and let us license their ingredients because it, it's crucial. So, right. and then the third and final phase or, or attack um, that I wanted to have in this was I wanted to make sure that the brain had available the building blocks, the precursors needed for the four main uh, neurotransmitters of the brain. Pharmaceutical companies, when they initially started to try to move into the concussion treatment market, they initially jumped on with their serotonin reuptake inhibitor medications like Prozac that they never made it out of phase one trials because they failed miserably because they were forcing the brain down a pathway where my assumption, um, and it's, it goes back to our chiropractic assumption of the innate intelligence of the body, is I'm going to make available everything the brain needs and let it decide what it needs more of. Does it need more L-dopamine? Does it need more serotonin? Does it need, need more L-tyrosine? Whatever it needs, I'm, but it's going to be available. Uh, a lot of times when there's emotional uh, side effects to mild traumatic brain injury, many times it's, it's the neurotransmitter imbalance. Um, you know, it's the story of you know, one person can have a concussion and become just angry and, and um you know, aggressive. Another one can become very withdrawn, depressed, um, you know, all those emotional side effects that, that can come from that. But again, what I think isn't talked about enough is the lower versions of that. It, it, you know, like I said earlier, I, I get, I was initially caught up in the concussion side of things, but realizing the, the pro-inflammatory diets that so many people are on or, or, or eat nowadays is just creating a low-level concussive state, if you want to call it that. Uh, we certainly can call it a, a, a brain, a pro-inflammatory state of the brain. Okay, this person's inflammatory process came from a horrible processed food diet. This one over here came from, 
you know, running into 300 pound guys uh, on Sunday. Uh, the, the overall effect is still the same. One may be a little slower, but you know, the effect's the same. So getting those, that response um, under control, uh, getting that inflammation under control is crucial for all of us. Right. Yeah, and that's so true because, I mean, you, can, you see people all the time, just with injuries, they have a minor injury, but they have an overreaction to inflammation. Their body starts swelling up uncontrollably. And same thing you think on the brain level. Some, some people can take these 300 pounds, you know, hits to the head, doesn't seem like they're going to have any effects, but the other person, they might have a genetic issue. They might have an inflammatory issue where they can't mitigate, control the inflammation the right way. And so then it becomes uncontrolled, causes right. degeneration. We know of the studies on CTE uh, within right. players. And I think that was one of your big things you started off in 2008 was just the, the concussion aspect with, you know, they're trying to rapidly increase technology, but as you said, players are getting bigger, faster, stronger. So they can make these helmets indestructible. These players are still going to be so fast that there's going to be repercussions to the injury itself. And, and I think what you're doing is great because I think it's more than just, you know, football players. I think it's more than hockey players that can use this product. It's a lot of athletes or even the general public who has declining brain health. Right. Pointing to these ingredients that you mentioned. And so many people are deficient in magnesium. That's my supplement I talk about every single day. If you come to us and you have muscle tension, muscle pain, trigger points, uh, it's pretty safe to assume. I mean, I, I can um, nine out of ten people are going to have a magnesium deficiency. Then we right. for magnesium, like, like you, you know, said earlier. A lot of people think that you can just take any magnesium from Walgreens and be okay, but that's yeah. why there's a big uh, misconception with that, and there's a big difference in the mag oxides and the mag citrates out there versus some of the more highly more bioavailable forms, like you mentioned, like the chelate forms. And so right. I think a lot of people need to know that if you need to go to the bathroom and mag oxide is going to help you do that that's great right very very right. affordable but if you actually want to get a magnesium to your cells stop pain stop the stress response stop you know cross over the blood brain barrier you're gonna to have to get a higher available higher you know more more costly type form but again it's not that much magnesium is a very abundant mineral that we need especially in 2020 with the times of stress that we are in so right so for anyone listening is, is this product live now yeah, it's live, saragold.com. Uh, okay, perfect. Go to get it. We just wrapped up a study with the retired, the NFL Players, uh, Retired Players Association last summer, um, where we had some really good results with um, these guys that were having some pretty lingering effects uh, from their head traumas. But we implemented uh, near and far infrared light therapy with the supplement. Um, yes. They each got in. Yeah, they each got a head harness to, to take home and, and use three times a day. They took our supplement twice a day. Uh, the study was uh, eight weeks long. And to a T, every one of them had significant improvement, uh, especially in quality of life, um, probably most specifically sleep quality, which, like you said, I mean, it's just absolutely critical and, and, and so underreported nowadays and and. Uh, not talked about enough, the importance of, of sleep for recovery and healing and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah we're excited. You can go to saragold.com and eat Very cool. How long was that study that you did on the ex-NFL player? That's cool. Yeah, it was a couple months. Um, and, and we were able to get some, some really good players. Dallas happens to have the largest chapter of retired players um, in the country. So we had access to a, a, a lot of really good players. And, and it, it was, as a 55-year-old, I'm still a kid at heart. And, and some of these older players that, that I grew up watching when I was a kid and, and stuff, 
you know, I'm still, I was, I was starstruck, you know, it was fun to, to, to talk to these guys, but Rob on the other side, there were some that were sad. Um, and I, there's no other way to say it. It's just, you know, and I, I look at that generation that they truly did not know what they were doing to their bodies. Um, and, and, you know, there's debate out there about who knew what, when, and all that stuff. But, you know, you're talking about in the seventies, you know, through the seventies there, I, I, I believe they just, they didn't know. And, and, you know, you remember the days of, Hey, suck it up and get back out there. And, um, but that would, that was sad. Right. Yeah. Cause you, you see the effects in those, those hits and, my step-grandpa, he played professional football for two seasons, and, you know, he had some some effects with dementia, and um, you, it was just hard to see because of all the hits that you're taking with that poor-quality helmet, you know, technology they had, you know, right. 20 years ago. So it's hard to see that for sure. But um, I wanted to I, – I know you – so you launched this new business. You're a full-time chiropractor, travel the teams. It sounds like you got athletes texting you right now for Sarah Gold. <laughs> <laughs> on your phone, or maybe that's your fantasy team. Uh, no, well, that was actually one of the players from the Raiders. He separated his shoulder, and he wants to, wants me to take a look at the MRI. So, wow, <laughs> See, that's so cool. You're a busy man. I appreciate you coming on today. I just want to ask just a couple more questions. Okay. And get back to the clinic this afternoon. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, and I'm going to say his name because he's from my team. But we all saw the you know horrendous injury, the very unfortunate injury with Dak Prescott yeah. having ankle injuries myself, I just, you know, I'm right for him. And, you know, was that a turf field that he was on? I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's real turf um, at AT&T. Uh, okay. Again, the highest tech, the latest, greatest, but still, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Right. And so artificial turf, we know a lot of players complain about getting injured, just like when you play basketball on a you know, hardwood floor versus concrete, you can tell in your joints how you feel after playing surfaces. Have you seen an increase in injuries in turf injuries versus real, real grass? Boy, that's so interesting. I would tell you from the real grass, first off, there are so few real grass in the NFL, but if we drop down to college and certainly high school, uh, there's still a few of those, but you, you know where I'm at up here in North Texas. Mm -hmm. It's the king of, hundred million dollar high school stadiums. Right. So right. they have turf also, but it's what I typically will see Rob is on the turf. I'll see the, if you want to say catastrophic, the severe uh, connective tissue injuries, the ACLs, the wicked bad ankle tears, et cetera. On the, the real grass, I'll typically see the, the more muscular issues. Um, so you can imagine there's a little slower rebound coefficiency on natural grass to where your, your extremity is under stress for a longer period of time. For example, of planting your foot and turning on turf, there's a little bit more bounce, the new turf. So you're not under stress quite as long and the grass is softer obviously and keeps that muscle under contracture a little bit longer. And so typically what I'll see is the, the sprained strains, the, the pulled hammy, the, the calf um, strain, uh, things like that. From an injury standpoint, though, it's like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a, a torn muscle or, you know, a sprain strain of the muscle, or would you want to have a torn ligament or, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I, I know. That's kind of the controversy, kind of like the heat and ice versus the real turf or, or fake turf, yeah. right? 
you know, yeah, and again, you know, I, I understand the the business side of it. It's 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 just hard to maintain good natural grass. You know, we take care of FC Dallas, and their soccer field is is phenomenal, but they're not taking quite the pounding that that an NFL football game would put on. Yeah, and, and I've been to Cowboy Stadium a few times, and when I went on the field, it feels like you jump higher. I don't know why. It's kind of got a spring to it. You kind of feel yeah, like it's got that, but it's got some bounciness to it. Exactly. And I was like, man, I know one of these guys are jumping so high. They're getting an extra two inches. Yeah. If, if I'm getting an extra two inches, they're getting like an extra 12, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, um, man, thanks so much for coming on today. Is just for the general public watching, maybe they're not a, an athlete, maybe they're an ex-athlete, what are just some general health tips that you can tell people today to start doing that they're probably not? Uh, Rob, you know me, and you've known me a long time. It's it. I, I like to keep things as simple as I can, you know, for my patients. And um, one of the things I I learned probably halfway through my practice. Wish I'd have learned it a lot sooner, but I told you I'm not the brightest guy. But uh, and that was to to hold the the patient a little more responsible. Give them some homework. Um, you know, I think a, a lot of docs and therapists and chiropractors want the, the athlete to feel like the Cairo is making them feel good. So you got to come to me to feel good. And, you know, I try to get to the point where I want you to come to me to continue to feel good, but you're going to have to, um, you know, tow some rope in this, this thing for me, buddy. And, and so the, the home exercises, the very simple, uh, muscle activation things like a Superman uh, exercise just to, to stimulate those paraspinals really well. Uh, the swimmers exercise where you alternate the arms and legs. I'm just big fans of, of firing that kinetic chain non-weight bearing uh, so that the brain and, and the neural firing can, can really kind of reset itself. I love, love that before bedtime. Obviously the old standards of more water, right? Um, better sleep, you know, all those typical things, but that, that neuromuscular uh, re-education firing before bedtime, uh, I've been utilizing a lot in the last decade, and, and it seems to work really well for so many of the athletes, and including, you know, myself when I do it, and um, obviously the foam roller and, and the things like that are, are still crucial. Uh, I will say this, you know, there's been... You on mute. Rob, you, you know as well as anybody that with elite athletes, if a little's good, then a lot's got to be better, right? And exactly, so, yep. Percentive massagers that a lot of them ended up getting, like for Christmas or, you know, treating themselves to, um, they would sit there and they use way too much pressure for way too long on, on very tender areas like the Achilles, uh, and they end up uh, creating inflammation and irritation in, in some of these areas that they're working on. And, and so trying to teach them, you know, in the bellies of muscles, yeah, go to town and, and get in there and break it up. But you know, when you start moving down that musculotendinous junction or into tendons, you know, in joints, well, you got to back off. And, and so, you know, that's been something here recent that, that I'm seeing a little bit more of and, and trying to educate them on how to use a, a good percussive massager. Right. Yeah. Those are so popular that there are guns out there. I have one too. I love it. Yeah, um, mine from a Facebook ad. And I don't know how to tell me, but it took like six weeks. Got it in from China. Yeah, came in the mail. So I'm, I'm excited for that. So from your adherence, that was interesting. You tell your athletes to do their exercises before bed. Have you just found that if they try to do it before they leave for work, or if they try to do it, you know, during the day, it's not going to happen. But right before bed, most people can remember yeah. to do that. Yeah, 
I, 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 that's what I've had the best success with. Um, again, everybody's schedule can get so crazy, but especially these athletes that they're on, on a tight schedule, but you know, we're talking about, and I tell them, you know, we're talking about a minute, maybe two minutes to knock out these, uh, these activation motions. So don't roll in here and tell me you didn't have time to do them. Right. Exactly. And, I, and I've, I've always been saying that too. I do my stretches at night. Usually before I go to bed, do my couch stretch, my lunch stretch, Superman, yeah. McKenzie's, you know, planks. Uh, bird dogs, all of the, and it takes five minutes, you know, it's very quick. If you know what you're right. doing, you've been doing it for a while, you can knock them out pretty quickly. So just an adherence, you know, just the more I do it, the easier. Sometimes when the kids go to bed later, it's hard to do the exercise, but sure. of course, but we're older athletes. So <laughs> um, I guess the last question is you've been doing this for so long, you know, is there any advancements or anything you see that's going to change in the next 10 years? Like we know that things are rapidly changing every year is there anything that you can see on the horizon or that you wish to see on the horizon for well again rob i can't sit here and tell you i, I know of anything uh, you know offhand you know, that i see imminent um but one thing that does concern me is the the um, the shotgun approach that i that I, I worry about some therapists including chiropractors doing and what i mean by that is doing such a broad range of treatments on a single visit. And for example, I'll tell you um, that there's a therapist that works with some of the cowboys that I've yeah, disagreed with a few times uh, with some of the, the players because they'll, they'll want to do deep tissue massage, cupping, dry needling, um, deep muscle Russian stem, um, near and far infrared light therapy, um, you know, all in one visit, all in, in one treatment session. Um, and then, you know, then the, the athlete may go do cryo or something. I mean, just this, I just, I like a more systemic approach, uh, systemized approach to where you can uh, uh, assess the response better. Again, right. if, if you, you got to see what's working, what's not for that particular athlete, maybe cupping that is not good for that athlete for whatever reason. Uh, maybe the, the acupuncture is not good every visit for that. So that's what I think is as therapists try to hone their 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 protocols, uh, it still needs to stay very individualized. So is that the spray and pray method, the shotgun approach? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Let's try it all. Let's see what happens. One's yeah. got to work. You know, if yeah. I use ten, 10 different modalities, one of these 10 is going to work and we'll say it's the whole thing and then we'll patent it and we'll sell it at seminars. Amen, brother. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, this field is always, you know, challenging. There's always new things to be aware of and always new things yeah. to learn and not everything's going to work for everyone, but I love your approach. Um, and I, and I referenced you, I had a previous podcast, um, with a, with another colleague we were talking about one thing that you said is very insightful to me. And I know this will be done in about five minutes, but you told me you had a kind of an epiphany because you were, you know, training these professional athletes and you had a track runner that you had like stretched and you'd done all the mobility on you worked and worked and worked on them, you know, for about an hour, I think you told me, and then they performed worse and uh, their sprint, or their, maybe it was a hurdler, but you like, no, it was a sprinter. It was a sprinter. It was a sprinter. Yeah. Can you, you're just like, yeah, because I stretched the fast twitch muscle fibers too much and I got them too relaxed. And so that was 
Like, hey, like, let's do enough to make this athlete perform better and also decrease our chance of an injury. But you've yeah. got another sport. you got to know what you're doing. you got to have goals in place, right? And so that was uh, very profound because most people, you know, if I was first starting off, let's do everything. But then there's, there comes that, you know, hey, if we do all these things, you might perform, you know, not as good. And we know for athletes, that's the one thing they do not want. So, Boy, right. That's exactly right. I read, I've told that story. I, I tell almost all my interns as they come through, you know, that a version of that story because that that was it. Epiphany it was a very kind word to say. It was more of a OMG moment <laughs> when I when I watched the results of the race and and watching him shake his head like what in the world just happened? How did how did I do that bad? And, you know, I'm kind of hiding over in the corner like. You know, you've seen that Homer Simpson meme where he's backing into the shrubs. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was me. I was like, oh, geez. So anyway, live and learn, brother. Live and learn. I, I appreciate that story. That helps, you know, us as practitioners grow and learn as well. So for anyone listening, um, where can people find you at? Where can they find you online? Where can they find you? Um, well, it's uh, VSM Texas. It's Vitality Sports Medicine, vsmtexas.com is our website. Um, at Dr. Ford11 uh, is my Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, and always happy to help anybody that, that needs help. And like I've told you, if, if they come up with a question I don't have an answer for, I'll tell them I don't know, and I'll try to find a, an answer for them. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate everything, Doc. I know you got a lot of players texting you this morning, um, and so I'll let you get back to that. But thanks again for coming on, and um, I look forward to maybe having you back on in the future because I'm sure we're going to have a lot of follow-up questions to this episode. So thank you again, Doc. Rob, my pleasure, buddy. And listen, I just want everybody that, that's listening uh, to know how much I absolutely love and respect uh, Dr. Rob. He's, he's one of those – interns that that walked through the door he was in the first class uh, of interns that i ever had uh, so i've always apologized to him for however, however bad i screwed him up maybe but uh, i learned a lot from him he, he was one of those that when he walked through the door you're like this guy's got it he, he's going to be a great physician he's, he's going to be a great doctor he's going to be successful and uh dude it's just always my pleasure to help any way i can rob Hey, I appreciate that, Doc. Very kind words, and I'm glad to learn from the best. And I got a great experience with you. Hey, we even got to play a little basketball inside the clinic. I know yeah. your wife made us <laughs> quick, quick the basketball game, really, really, really quick during lunch breaks. But we had a lot of fun and learned. We a lot did. Too. It was good. All awesome. right, Rob. You take care, brother. All right, you too. All right, we'll see you. All right, sounds great. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, this is for informational purposes only. If you have an injury or are looking for advice on a certain particular subject, always consult your healthcare provider. We are only providing information in this podcast and video series only. Again, thank you so much for joining us. If you could subscribe, leave a comment on iTunes, it would really help us out. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have a great day.